all your school rugby all in one place. This is Next Gen 50. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Next Gen 15 podcast. I have Dan Richards alongside me as ever. Dan, how are you getting on? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. It's been, you know, an exciting half team. Kind of been reflecting on that. We'll talk about some some top five teams, I know, and, and move on to stuff. So there's whilst there hasn't been a lot of rugby or as much rugby played, we've still got lots to talk about and you know, rugby never stops. But yeah, all good. Yeah, it's been it's hard to believe that we're into the into the depths of, of half term and almost out the other side. It's been uh, it's been a busy a busy half a term of rugby. It feels a little bit like um the first proper one since kind of everything was getting spoiled by covid and um, i think we've all forgotten just how busy it gets <laughs> it's just rugby every day yeah um we're gonna get stuck into loads though but before we do that just a reminder that we are on Acast, apple podcast spotify and youtube and you can get in touch with us on pretty much every platform at, at next gen 15 that's at next gen xv um we're gonna start with a bit of news um we mentioned the spring league last last week um, we've got around about 12 or 13 teams showing some good interest in that. So please keep uh, keep your interest coming in on that. We're, we're hoping that by about the 4th or 5th of November, we're going to be able to have everyone locked in and ready to go on that. Um, it's looking pretty exciting. We're going to have lots of teams. Really good thing. We've had a couple of schools done that have, um, that have gone, look, you know, we've sort of seen, seen who's in, who, who's not. Um, and we're looking at sending over a development side, which is absolutely perfect. That's what we want to see is just kids who aren't going to get the chance to play, getting the chance to get out and, and have a bit of a run around. That's um, that's kind of the whole aim. We just want to see guys get out there on the field. Yeah, I think we talked about it last time. It's been a brilliant idea that, that you guys are putting together in, you know, alongside, alongside Jamie at, at Gordon's. And again, more chance we can get to play, to grow the game. It's just fantastic, you know. As you talked about last time, still your point, you know, sevens is fantastic in that in that length term. It isn't a game for everybody. Some some guys come over from other sports and love sevens and do fantastically well. But actually, some really some boys that love rugby don't love sevens, and this may give some schools who have previously just focused on sevens um, the chance to get some level of you know a competitive game where, as as you said before, like there's something on the line. It, it means something. It matters, but it's primarily for fun and to, and to get guys going. So, yeah, I think it's a brilliant initiative. I'm like so chuffed that you've got 12 teams already and hopefully yeah. I'm sure it'll grow. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, another big thing that's coming out, I'm not going to get into this in too much depth because we're going to be talking about this uh, in the next couple of weeks, but obviously the Rugby School Bicentenary, keep your eyes peeled for more on that. Uh, 200 years of the, of the game at Rugby School and indeed in the world. Um that's very cool to be them to be able to say that. Just like, yeah, when we started, it started. I'm I'm jealous of that. Um, but otherwise, news-wise, it's been it's been fairly quiet on the the sort of schools schools end of things. Um, I suppose we've had uh, we had an interesting weekend last weekend. And the uh, <laughs> the RFU deciding that uh, quite rightly that they wanted to share a clip of the uh, the Wellington v Millfield game. And why not? You know, Ben Frampton performing some absolute magic for Wellington College. Absolutely loved it. Um, I only wish that they'd kept our logo and told everyone that it was actually our clip. Um, they, they, um, the cheek of it, really, was my feeling on it. It's just, I get frustrated with stuff like this because, and I, I must actually shout out before I, before I start, um, before I start 
ranting away. Uh, a massive shout out to the RFU community section who, through through Mark Lowe and through others, actually put in a real effort on our behalf to get in touch with this kind of England rugby machine uh, and say, "Oi, um, you know, you can't you can't just take stuff, put it up, and and not tell anyone where it's come from." So massive shout out to them. I do we. I and we do really appreciate that, um, but England Rugby and the the content team forget the forget the legalities of of using other people's content um, because you know it's it's published out there on YouTube. It's a free platform where anyone can go and do anything. You're England Rugby. You're supposed to be helping promote and share the grassroots game. Um, what are you doing doing that? Why not? why wipe someone else's logo off and pretend that it's all your own content? Why would you not just go, you know what, these guys are, are putting a shift in to try and help promote the schools and grassroots game. If we're going to use their content, we should make it clear that we're using their content because actually we want that promotion to continue to happen. Um, if you're the RFU and you steal the content or borrow the content, it's not stolen, I suppose, it's borrowed, uncredited, if you do that, you make it less likely that we can continue to exist because we get paid for having the content there. So if you poach the content and we don't get paid, we can't exist. And if we can't exist, that content never exists because there's no one else playing in that space. It's it's so counterintuitive for them. Why is the RFU chasing votes on grassroots, uh, chasing votes, chasing views on grassroots stuff? They don't need to. It's a it's a senseless thing to do, um, and to to not even have bothered apologising or explaining, uh, or really interacting is just well I find it astonishing. Uh, you know, it just infuriates me. But but on a on a level of just not understanding is the real problem I have. Yeah, I wonder. I think it met hope. I would hope is that you know I would admit here you know that I didn't understand kind of the implications much of you know because what it means in terms of to, to next gen and until kind of took you to fully explain it because part of me was like oh you know yes it seemed a bit cheeky if you want that they'd taken that but like oh at least it's got out to wider audience and more people see that clip and as i said like a couple of people actually sent me that clip yeah like, posted by posted some the next gen clip and the england rugby one but as you say it's that actually understanding now is that it's that bit that you know, next gen. It's it's a rely. It's the key model, and, and what and what you guys are doing to promote the game. And as you saw from the response, I thought it was really positive. And to be fair, that the kind of the community was was amazing in terms of the the, the kind of support that that you got for that. And yeah, you know, it's it's really important work shining a light on a part of the game that is fantastic, a part of the game that's a really good news story. Yeah. You know, that last time, you know, that you know, overwhelmingly positive stories. You know kind of park the head injury stuff and worries about that you know what's happening on the pitch it's exciting rugby we've talked about that a lot so yeah a, a bit disappointing I want to believe it's naive and well-intentioned I hope it was it's a shame they haven't apologized but it's yeah it's yeah, disappointing I, and I think you know it's I can from your point of view mate I can understand why you were why you were livid because it's what you've spent years you know building a company building a fantastic company and, and and doing this and then to not get a little bit of recognition from from the governing body for some of your footage is yeah must have been a tough one to swallow so yeah, shame. yeah it's a frustrating one but i think you you struck upon the point that really 
kind of once the um, once the initial frustration had had subsided, were was really the key point that came out of everything, which was a massive thank you to everyone that basically came out to bat on our behalf. Um, that was. I make no exaggeration when I say I actually think that our um, our Twitter post about it I think may be the most popular Twitter post we've ever put out um, which says quite a lot because you know, without blowing our own trumpet we've put out some, some fairly popular ones um, so to, to everyone that got involved a massive thank you for um, for uh, inflating our egos so much um, <laughs> but main, you know, mainly for coming out to bat for us it it actually meant a huge amount because, um, you know, when without sort of getting over the top about it, when stuff like that happens, it does kind of just make you go, why do we keep beating our head against the wall? You know, we've we've I've offered the RFU on or England rugby on numerous occasions. Work with us. And, you know, you then get something like that where they, they kind of almost work against you and you just go, oh, geez, is it worth it? And then you get a response like that and you go, yeah, it is, because it actually, it obviously means something to, to a decent chunk of people. Um, and that makes, a, that makes a huge difference. But equally, I still, you know, we still finished the conversation with, listen, England Rugby, and I say it again, we want to work with you. You know, we are promoting the schools and grassroots game is what we're all about. It's what you should be about as a, as a, as a body. And we are, we're here to work with you. You know, if you want, if you want content, it's a hell of a lot easier and a hell of a lot cheaper to send us to go and do it than to have to go and do it yourselves. We'll work with you on it. We're very happy to, um, just engage. If they engage, we can help. Um, so that was, was a weird weekend, but it was, uh, it wasn't how I anticipated things going on. I was actually in the pub on Friday night and I had to, <laughs> I had to basically remove myself from conversation to, uh, to uh, to engage with everyone but um we do massively appreciate um the amount of people that came out to bat um for us because it was it was awesome from that perspective uh, so i suppose out of some bad comes some good which is always nice um speaking of good dan england under 18s that squad in training as well this is the last day of training camp in fact mm-hmm. um quite a big squad quite a cool squad but some really, some really good players. But an interesting point that you you made to me, kind of before we started this, about looking at kind of the schools where people have have sort of come are are attending and are in this squad from, um, and how there's a there does seem to be a concentration around a lot of the schools that we would naturally talk about because of their performance on the field. Yeah, it's. I think you know we've seen that it overwhelmingly there's there's a lot of base representation, which is something that's that's grown and and you kind of expect that you know uh, a cliched response and this isn't true of this squad necessarily has been you know that more of the forwards have come from ace rugby in the last ten years and 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 more of the backs have come through scoreboard because the game's different. I think that's too simplistic, but there is a generalisation there. But and I may be exaggerated by the fact that you know Sedbra have got four boys in there, but yeah. you look at you know there's Clifton representation, Trinity representation, Wellington representation, um, you know schools we've talked like Denston, Berkhamstead, Kirkham Grammar. These are all schools that have been you know I think Oakham have pushed our top ten, a top five, a couple of weeks. So there's it, it kind of leads you to this this line of thought that you know well does it matter 
which is, uh, does it matter where you attend school for, for sixth form? Yeah. And, you know, a big part of me wants to believe no. And, you know, last, last time we talked about Lennox and Yanmu when we were going through actually, you know, stay where you are. Because I, I like that story for me of actually Lennox sort of kind of staying loyal to where he comes through and staying with that programme. It's nice, and there is that here. You know, there's Junior Kapoku, who's at yeah. who's at Finborough side. I think we're probably going to talk about it later. And yeah, we were sort of hypothesising, weren't we, yeah. like before about you know, I wonder whether Junior was kind of lent on at any point to to, to go to an independent rugby playing school that yeah. the Saris Academy might have links, you know, closer links to. It's you know, I've kind of been on both sides of this, I guess, as a school DOR with, you know, at, at my first head of rugby role, there was boys quite often going to look at the schools and you'd fight hard to keep them. And, and it would be frustrating that yeah. they, one of the things they'd say is that, well, you know, academy coaches said I'd be better off at this place. And then you kind of had vice versa at Wellington where people were very keen for for kids and actually for for kids to attend and and in lots of ways you know we've thought about mis misconceptions around recruitment you know people would think schools would often think we were being really active with sort of 15 16 year olds in terms of talking to them. it actually wasn't happening that way it would be more you know academies might mention it or parents might mention at a dpp session we're thinking of moving and and then they would initiate conversation so it's a it's an interesting one, and and does it? And, and if you look at a lot of the teams as well, sorry, I'll stop. No, awfully no, on a minute. Is most of them have had very successful first halves of term. Yeah. Um, and there's that little about you know, is it easier to shine in a team that's going forward in a team that's doing well? Does that mean that you suddenly you know you jump off the page? Is, you know. People like it's nice to see some form recognised. You know, in Cam Ellis, Kepu, yeah. um, in Isaac Campbell Wu coming into like yeah, you know, guys we talked about who've shone in some big schoolboy games. Um, I guess you know, on the other side of that, I guess you've got Sonny Tongawea who has been in an NSB team that has struggled, but with a ridiculously tough schedule. So that would be your, the sort of counter argument that yeah. doesn't matter, but overwhelmingly a lot of those sides are going pretty well and so it's a tough one you know selection's hard um and you can't help but spot the guys who are in the dominant side i think and they and it's and you know academies get sent this footage england coaches see this footage it's there's lots of interesting questions i think that yeah because i suppose the the flip side to that is are a lot of teams good because they happen to have some very good players yeah, we you. I suppose school rugby is quite unique, isn't it? In that if you if you have one, maybe two exceptional players, it can elevate an entire team much more so than having one or two exceptional players. Say, at a, even at a professional level, you know, if if I if I take I don't know whoever Newcastle Falcons and I drop in, you know, Stuart Hogg at fullback and and Mario mm. Toje in the second row, I don't think they become a title winning side. But if mm. you put that equivalent couple of players into a into a struggling schoolboy side, you probably find that they start knocking right at the at the top end of the door. So it's quite it's always difficult to know what comes first, chicken or egg. And then once once the sort of chicken house is built, all the players are going to come there because, you know, as you say, suddenly you become you become the team and the school that's in vogue with 
with an academy who goes, you know, they go, look, it's a, it's a great, it's a great system they've got over there. You'd do well if you went and joined in. Knowing what part of the puzzle gets laid first yeah. is, is so tricky. No, mate, that, that's a really good point. And look, there are, I think, it, we don't, I'm not claiming to have an answer here. I think it's just questions. Because yeah. I think last year in one of the camps, there was over 20 schools represented. There was a bit of a broader. And there are, look, there's, you know, there are some smaller independent schools, you know, with Jack from Moncton Coombe, the, the lad from the Yorkshire Academies at Heckman Wick Grammar School. So it, it isn't, but there's just, there's a lot of big name rugby schools there, you know, for example, a school I'm talking about. So, so Thomas Richards, we haven't talked about them much. They're flying a bit under the radar. Um, look, like they've got a proper side this year. Yeah. Um, now, is that just they're really, I've, I've not seen them play. They could just be a really cohesive team. You'll get a chance to see them play on the 17th at King's Home against no, uh, Cheltenham College. Look at that. Is it that? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Look at that. Is it, it was um, so it's, are they just really cohesive or have they got some standouts who, just maybe haven't been in the same shop window as if you're at a said, but if you're at a Trinity, if you're at a Wellington and, and I guess my, I've worked with, within this independent school system, I'm not criticizing it. The guys, they work phenomenally hard. They do a great job with their players, but we've talked as well. We, we don't want to create self-fulfilling prophecies where you have to be at an expensive fee paying school and try and find ways to get scholarship bursary to make it work. We want to have, strong state rugby offerings as well and i just you know yes it's really good that there's ace provision here um it would be nice to see you know again it would be nice and it could be that they don't that it's just meritocratic and i'm sure that's exactly what um the coaches would say and and they're great guys you know what tofty and jp are doing is fantastic but you know you know if someone from tommy's or if someone from the judd judd mean who are so to take the judge a highly academic state school as yeah. well is there anybody who you could have invited in just to put a bit of a spotlight on that you can be at a really academic state school and yeah. make it through but but it's obviously that isn't the job of the england under 18s is to correct problems in the system but it as when we were chatting it just jumped off the page looking at the squad it was something that stood out to me that it felt like a bit of a regression to where squads were in terms of being concentrated in a few centres, um, having this seem to have been a real move to try and step away from that. But maybe that's just, as you said, where the, where the kids are this year. So, well, it's, I mean, it'd be interesting to get, to get the coaches on really be, to, to talk through this stuff. Cause it's, you know, it, I think there's loads of really interesting avenues that could be gone down and be, it'd be interesting to get their views on. I, I suspect they wouldn't on a squad like this, not least because I um, the RFU didn't didn't release this squad. It was uh, it was leaked. Um, so the okay. the um, so I'm sure they wouldn't want to comment too much. But the um, yeah they I, they do later in the year start to to release their squads more publicly, and it would be interesting to to talk through it because I'm sure probably a lot of the questions that we have there would there would be answers to. You know, a, a thing that's jumped off the page to me is um, Hartbury College have no one in the squad. I can't remember the last time Hartbury College didn't have a player in the squad. They're flying along in the Ace League, so you know what? I'd, I'd love to just know what what the situation there is. You know, maybe maybe it's they're a very good collective, but no one's standing out. Maybe it's you know, maybe they're on tour. It could be. There's so many reasons for yeah. why various things can happen that 
that kind of make you make you wonder. Um, but you know, I mean, there. I mean, to be fair, there are some. You know, just looking through it, there are some. There are some schools that are probably probably hearing this, going, "Hey, hang on, we've got we've got some of that." You know, Ladybridge, Fimbra, as you mentioned, Hetmanwick, Monkton Coombe. But beside those, it is very much the you know probably the top schools in 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 the country this season um, that are getting that are that are that are being represented. Um, you know, maybe again, it's all just speculation, I suppose. But maybe a little bit that of that is just in terms of in terms of what's been seen. You know, there's a lot of not to not to blow our own trumpet, but there's you know pretty much every player in this squad is featured on on a stream perhaps it's simply that the footage is more available um, yeah there yeah. is so there are so many little things that that could be that things could be down to um i mean i think what's important to state is that every single one of these players has done a hell of a shift to to get to get this far i mean it it ain't easy there's some there's some serious some serious players all around the country and these boys have, have put in a shift um, and there are I'll tell you what there are, I'm just sorry I keep getting distracted because I keep looking at it and I keep thinking oh, I can't wait to see this guy in action um, you know Josh Bellamy just excites me beyond belief Henry Pollock is, is awesome um, and George Timmins who's quickly becoming my favourite um, my favourite player of the season just a proper old fashioned blindside down at Millfield mm. um, but no, it's, it is interesting. I think the it does look to me just sort of, and again, we're just skimming through it. It looks to me like there are fewer ace colleges um, in the squad this year, which is a new development. It, yeah. I used to say it'd be about. It's roughly about thirty three percent of the squad would come from um, would come from from ace colleges. It looks to me. I haven't done the maths, but it looks to me like fewer than that, um, which is a sort of which is unusual. Yeah, and it's maybe, you know, more guys going to school, like rugby playing schools or more guys staying at their school, you know, so maybe people like Junior then, let's go back to him, who maybe would have gone. Oh, yeah. Sorry's a bad example there because yeah, in terms of um, what's happening with Ace, but there's stuff like that. It's an interesting one around, you know, the coaches can't see everything. There's a very, they're very reliant on academy input. Um for this, you know, whilst whilst Topsy and JP will get and see as much as they can, um, and obviously a lot of this group went to South Africa, so they're known. And it, you're right, so huge congratulations. And even if guys missed out, disappoint, you know, keep keep pushing and stuff. And there are a lot. This by no means is the end of the road. Um, yeah, well, I mean, as we is, as we can see, loads changes, doesn't it? You know, we, you've picked yeah. out a couple of guys like Kepu who who wasn't in South Africa. Yain Davis in the Millfield scrum half. I know, I know, he was right on the cusp of getting into that South Africa squad. He's now in this one, so yeah, definitely yeah. the world. The world moves on, and opportunities come. Yeah, it, and it's just you know, it would be cool to see. And I think you know, Mark Mapletoff, the sort of the path we go to is kind of. I think he would have a conversation about you know, and you know, because he thinks a lot about you know, Mark's a great guy and a great yeah. coach, and it would be you know. To get his views on, we talk a lot around at Wellington. You know, do, you know, is it important where you're at school? Well, you know, he would. It's, it's important the level of coaching you're getting. I don't think Tofty would dispute that. Um, the level of input you're getting, can you get it all from an academy? But so, and I, you know, I, I think he would probably say that it's just how it's worked. You know, this time and, and next time it could be that they're all from a random bunch of schools. You know, it isn't. 
it's not by design and no one is saying that by design there's a lot of you know that they're deliberately trying to make sure there's representation from uh like all of the school's championship teams who are all represented in there for example um or that they're making sure that you know they don't have to tick off and make sure each big school's got a player in there that is no one's saying that's the case it's more about those kind of top eight to ten seem to all be represented and is that again could be what you said they're in that top eight to ten because they've got those standouts and it tips them over the edge ahead of other people or is it those those programs attract people they've got very good coaching they've got good support s and c sports site recovery physio in place so they attract people it's just an interesting conversation again i'm not pretending to have an answer to it and i think i think mark would be King will be willing to have the conversation, so yeah, we'll definitely reach out to him. Yeah, because I, I think there is some, yeah, there are some interesting bits on on kind of all sides. You know, you look at Stowe have two players in, in the squad now. Stowe, I don't think I've had a player in an England squad for about eight to ten years. I could be doing them a massive disservice, but I don't think they have. Um, but they've had two phenomenal players come along. I think they're both that come through the school to to the best of my knowledge. Um, and now they've got a couple of players in the England squad so certainly from a Stowe point of view it's probably about a couple of players elevating them um, mm. but then from a you know not to I'm just picking them out because they've got four players in the squad someone like Sedba now we know they're an incredible team we know they're incredibly incredibly well coached um, but obviously players just come to them now mm. because because if you're, if particularly if you're in that sort of northern part of the country, and someone goes, you you show some pretty promising abilities on the rugby field, you'd immediately be going, right, I, w- I want to go to Sebba before Sebba yeah. have even asked. You know, you're you're going right. How do I get there? I need to, you know, you're banging the door down to your parents to go. Come on, let's let's go and let's go and visit Sebba, and they're going, what, sorry, where? No. Yeah, no, and I think it is that's important. I think a lot of it is driven by by players and families in terms, you know. You know, Noxie isn't out like on touchlines at games. But again, we talked about Cam Redpath we got on our team. You know, he wasn't sort of hounding Cam when he was at King's Mac saying, come over for sixth form. It was that, you know, Cam and his family decided that the best thing for Cameron's development was yeah. was was to go to Sedba. And, you know, and and they've worked really hard to develop that reputation. And so they, they deserve it as, you know, as to Wellington, as to Millfield, as to all those other schools 100%. who, yeah, and, and Clifton have got there now, so have Harrow, you know, in terms of, so it's just, an, again, th- there's no right or wrong. We're not trying to claim to say there's an answer or any sort of conspiracy. It's just an interesting thing to look at. And we're here to talk about this level and of game. The point I would always make when, when this kind of subject comes up, particularly on Twitter, where there's no room for an actual conversation about this sort of thing, but the point point I will always make is, from a selection point of view, no one cares where people go to school. The England coaches are not sitting there going, "Oh well, he's a he's a Sedba, so he should be in the squad," or "He's a he's a wherever Bedford Modern, so he shouldn't be in the squad." Um, they're going, "That's a good player. He should be in my squad." There, you know, it may be that it's easier just because of the availability and concentration of players at certain at certain you know, major rugby playing schools that just through ease players get noticed mm. but no one is picking a squad because they care where you went to school uh, no. they really don't <laughs> if, if think, they do yeah, they're, no. they're in the wrong job and they're no, not in the wrong job they're in the I, right I job think, I think sometimes the level of gameplay something that we talk about a lot helps yeah. and it's you know if you look at I would use Northampton School for boys and things like that you know, they've had a kind of real surge of 
age group representation as the fixture list has got harder. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, you suddenly, I was like, okay, well, as opposed to shining against the school down the road, you've just, you know, you've run over someone from Kirkwood Grammar and we know about them. So, you know, and that, that kind of makes, yeah, for the guys who aren't at, you know, who get the guys that kind of the, the two that last from Laybridge and Fimber and, and that makes them more impressive. But then the Academies League can balance that out as well, which is why it's why the Academies League was put in place, you know, yeah. was to try and give those guys and create that level playing field so it isn't so biased it's, towards. It's why it's really important that we as we edge towards Christmas towards Christmas, we get we start getting an answer on Wasps and Worcester from mm. an Academies League point of view because of, of those those guys who yeah, yeah, you know, may, may get lost to the pathway if they're not if they're not out there getting a getting a chance to play. Yeah, because um, yeah. so many so many contracts are decided at that point. It, look, some some guys and a lot of them will be some of them will be in this squad. They won't they might not have the contract yet. Most most academies now wait until January. But the the academy's probably decided, right? Yeah. They probably had you know if you're again if you've got not again EAP status doesn't mean you're definitive to get but yeah, if you're on that sort of track and they're having the sort yeah. of giving, statistically you're pretty likely to yeah well, yeah or you just got more of a chance and winks not winks and nudges but they you know they'll be aware of their kind of locks and again would, it would be inappropriate to, for us to name names but you know we could probably all throw out a handful because that kid's going to get a contract yeah. um what there is also though is 10 to 15 guys who bolt through the academies league who maybe haven't had that school platform in yeah. in that, you know, be it at an ACE college or, or be it at a, at a rugby playing school, who suddenly they go, wow, that, that, that is class. And, you know, an example of a player I worked with, you know, would have been Jude Williams, because you know, Catron yeah. you know, wasn't seen as like, the, le- the the level wasn't quite right, into which was, a, you know, we argued against, but then he went into the Academies League and did exactly what he'd been doing at Catron. And then he got shot based on that. And again, at Wasps, because he's playing for Wasps. So it's that kind of, those guys, exactly. that They do need somewhere to play. Like whether yeah. it whether it has to be in a Wasps or a Worcester shirt, um, or whether they can just put, you know, whether we can just put together club, you know, something else. Um, you'd hope that those squads get, get their chance to at least get that shot window. Because it also can impact not just a contract, but a scholarship at university, you know, that's yeah. massive. You can get some money off going to university now. It, it can really impact chances for guys who work really hard on their rugby. So, yeah, we do, as a really good point there, mate, yeah, in terms of we, we do kind of need answers fairly quickish. And I'm, I'm sure that all the guys who were involved yeah, I mean, involved in those teams will want answers. And maybe they've got them and obviously we're not. Well, um, I them. mean, the, we, we know as much as that they are, they're working hard to find answers. We know, we know that much. Um, Let's put it this way: It's in their own interest to get the, to get it sorted. So you know who, yeah. who doesn't act in their own interest. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all develops. We've um, having having gone through all that, we're basically just going to go and do exactly the same thing ourselves, though, because we're going to pick out our uh, our, t- our top uh, top five <laughs> top five teams from the first half term. We're going to kind of. Um, Mix it up a bit though, because we're also gonna we're kind of gonna do two of these, aren't we? We're gonna we're gonna look at our, our kind of what we would see as the, the the five teams that stand out the most to us. But we're also gonna look at um, five state schools that have uh, have really stood out, and there'll be a fair few a fair few honourable mentions because um, it's there have been some schools that have performed so far 
so far beyond expectations. Um, but let's let's start with our. Ash, we do state schools first. Let's do state schools yeah. first. Let's give them a shout out first. Um, yeah, and I think it's and they seem again there'll be some of the guys who can make this top five would be are definitely kind of honourable mentions in the oh, no. top five. And it was again partly yeah we sort you know I think when we were both writing down independently our candidates like oh, this is there's a lot of well-resourced schools here and that can become a reason why you end up and it's okay well let's let's make sure we give a shout to those guys who are, who are working just as hard you know with mm-hmm. less um and and actually and particularly guys who are, are punched by the way I, i'm always impressed when you know resource wise when there are when the independent sector are, are turned over you know oh, right? yeah. and that's so i guess to jump into kind of my first nominee it w- would be the judge um i don't think that's that controversial in that in terms of you know if you look how they're going in the cup um but also you know a, a great result against tumbridge now it doesn't look like a vintage tumbridge team but it, it still, you still know, stands it still out and that's cool. That's the sort of result that for them is it stands the the kind of test of history. Um, you exactly. Know, in, in three four years time, there'll be kids there'll be kids that get into that first team who go. Oh, I remember when they beat when they beat Tunbridge. We and you know it just yeah, that's a local derby for them as well. That yeah, you know it means it means a huge amount to the school. Um, so I, yeah, I I hundred percent agree, and I, I just think yeah. what a what a team. They're I just, think that's a really good point about legacy as well. That these teams can, because they, it can, you know, it can create something for the future. But yeah, and they've they've also turned over RJS Guildford, who you know, at the start of the season, you know, we're in our top five for their great yeah. win themselves. We're going well over Epsom. So Epsom, Epsom, I can't speak apparently. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think I think Judd. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Do you want to go next, or shall I just keep flowing? No, you keep going. You keep going. I'll I'll question you if you get it wrong. Yeah. Right. So then. So I guess what I'll, I'll go through what, what where I landed with my top five. So it's so the next ones who were who were in. Well, I've mentioned them already with Sir Thomas Riches, um, yeah. a school we've not talked about much actually, and that's you know probably a bit of a, a reprimand for us. You know they yeah. they have flown under our radar a bit, but you know you have a bit of an examination of results. You know wins over Kingsway thirteen close over Bloxham and and a and a and a win over Sherborne in the cup. Um, and again, another team who are, who are flying in the cup. It's really yeah. great to see strong stage for representation. Because we're getting towards well, and, business and in, pretty quickly. In many ways, that's to me what the cup is for. It's about yeah. it's about creating the these sort of high exposure fixtures against against sort of big independent schools that you might not normally get to play, um, and to, yeah, to to come out and uh, and be more than just swinging is yeah. uh, is really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's one of the key things that kind of makes the the cup. I think something that the school scene should look to try and keep. Like how it stays is yeah. uncertain. I guess linked to that kind of probably the best cup story. Then who was it? Would would be Finborough. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and a and a school who you know, Judd and Sir Thomas Riches that you know have very much are very much part of the of the school's rugby scene yeah. uh, in the UK. Um you know, Sir Thomas Riches where Sam Underhill is, is a Thomas Sam Underhill, yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's you know and they and lots more before that. And I think Judd, the Judd, I think the Judd had Mickey Skinner's kid. Um, okay, yeah. So like they've had or Fim Fimbra, you know, in a in a pretty congested part of the, you know, not a densely populated part of the world. Um 
and that in it uh and a fairly congested market with with independent sector yeah. um they seem to have an absolutely incredible side yeah. um so you know their results you know, it, you know ipswich you could have been pushing you know we've talked a lot about ipswich um yeah. when that best hall got some great results and turned over ipswich now we didn't see that i don't know that i didn't see that game know you said but it you know, turned over ipswich, turned over nsb yeah. who, again we know it well, yeah, an SB who turned over Ipswich. You know, that I, we, were, yeah. we were at that game and it was, you know, it was a phenomenally high-level game. So yeah, I, so and then I, and you know how they're going in the cup as well. So there's three three teams there who I, I think not just on their on their cup runs, but who I think are doing fantastic um, jobs. As well, and then. You happy with those three? I'm very, I'm very happy with those three. I don't think any, <laughs> I don't think anyone can argue with with any of them. Um, they are performing ridiculously well. All yeah. Three of them. So before I do my, this is kind of I think those three were locks. Yeah. Hundred percent. And then and then it kind of there was probably a group of five or six. So go to the guys who didn't quite make it. Then um, I haven't put an ace college in. Um, I think that's fair. I think it's a different it's a different system. It's a different. Yeah, and you, league, and we probably yeah. will talk about it as the as the season goes on. This first seven week period of it is always a bit funny because it's really about jostling for position when they then split the league after half term, and and then it exactly. Becomes, so you don't know how you can, So again, you could have like Hartbury, obviously, and um, so Hartbury and Brooksby Belton and Beaton. You could argue they deserve a spot in either top five, and I actually yeah. think you could make that case for those for Fimbra, Judd and Tommies as well to be yeah, in like the overall 100%. top five. They would be honourable mentions in that. So the next mm. next one was more about was I guess a bit more guys who probably actually wouldn't be in that overall top five conversation, but are doing have had good years. So so Skinners, so ones yeah. doing Skinners uh, and Gordon. So had good good start good starts but just a few Skinner's slightly faded away I don't know whether they picked up some knocks or fatigue it's a it's a long old half term yeah. um uh, but again both schools doing doing great stuff and obviously Gordon's trying to balance running an ace program alongside running a more yeah. traditional kind of through through the school program one of the one of the few that really does it without mixing up their circuit uh, you know Beach and Cliff, I think, have tried it as well, but very few of the yeah. other ace colleges try to maintain a sort of school and and uh, and an ace program. Um, yeah, it's not an easy task, but you know, yeah, it's good, it's good to see them doing it. And Do Beach and Cliff doing a good job of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of they've got they've got a lot of teams, which is great. It's great to see you know lots of teams in in state school. So two others who that didn't were were John Fish and Wimbledon College, mainly yeah. again because. Not neither having a fantastic team in terms of results, but just I've just got so much admiration about how if you look at their fixtures, they're hard. Like they are oh, playing they well with themselves so, so much. It's, look, it, it, and it's hard. You know, like, I think the Fisher had a bit of potential to have a good year, I think, but they just got a bit of a slow start. And sometimes, like winning can become a habit, so can losing. Yeah. And I think that's maybe to half him might might be a nice chance to reset. For, yeah. for that Fisher team, um, hopefully, because I think there's, you know, you, we've seen in glimpses, I haven't seen a bit that, that they, there's some potential, the real potential in in that team, and if they can get firing and they've got a lot of good games, you know, big fixtures to come over two terms because they play uh, into the new year, that they can still go really well. But the last two I've put in, 
I guess, linked to that strength of schedule one. I, so I, I put NSV in. So yeah. this one people might shoot at in terms of, but you know, or they haven't won all that many. I think they'd actually have a losing record. But you just look, it's such a tough national schedule. Um, it's about competitiveness rather yeah, than about whether you win or lose, isn't it? Yeah, and look, there'll be there'll be loads of schools who've got better will go, oh, well, we've done this and we, and that's fine. I just, and, and there'll be some who I'm not where I was looking at, you know, so like Windsor boys, that they've set up a nice look and they, they're doing really well. But you just look at the level of fixture and I just think that NSB programme stronger, what they do at NSB is, it is fantastic. It's an incredible school. So I think they make it into that. And you know, that result over Ipswich, Ipswich do whilst really they've lost strong, the couple, yeah, you know, there's you know, people will point to, you know, they struggled a bit against Kirkham, but then you look at the Ipswich result and there's so there's a few, you know, it's been a bit topsy turvy. Well, and let's uh, be honest, you know, Kirkham have Kirkham have turned over Clifton College, you know, Kirkham Exactly. Yeah, a lot of teams would struggle against Kirkham. We are, yeah, and we're talking about yeah a Kirkham team that could well be one. Again, you can lead us through your your sort of overall sort of I could well be in in that mix. So that so NSB got in, and and then the last one I put in was was Old Swinford Hospital. Actually, a team we talked about right at the yeah. start of the half term with a with a win over Monmouth, and then we got to talk to they they didn't probably quite perform as they wanted to against Clifton. You know, Clifton. Again, who could well be in the sort of overall top five conversation mm. when, we, when we talk about that? Yeah, they. But that's their only loss. They yeah. then, you know, they bounce from that defeat to Clifton. Um, they're going really well in the Vars. Interesting that they've chosen to put themselves in the Vars. Um, you know, that's a something that <laughs> it, it, whether you know, and that's I guess sometimes they well, we didn't know and, and what's the right thing to do. Interesting one. They look to me like a like a cup side, um, but. You know, and you know, I think if you're turning over Solihull, turning over Monmouth, but that's that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, we praise them; they're going yeah. fantastic. Well, they're it's also really well. nice to see Oldfield Hospital, um, kind of back a bit. And I, I guess a lot of people they sort of appear a bit like an independent school, so it's a state boarding school. So because it's boarding, people often assume yeah, it's a often private it's school. Similar to similar to RGS High Wycombe, people people just assume exactly. it's a, it's a it's an independent. Yeah, so that that they were sort of my top five state schools, um, and again the, the the top three kind of picked themselves, and the last two there was a bit more of a bun fight, and yeah, so that's that's where I landed. Oh, I think that's pretty good. The one I'd throw in there, um, Kings Macclesfield up in the northwest. Um, is that not an independent school? I don't think it is. No, but to be fair, my. In a show of how unbiased we are, I very rarely check whether people pay fees or not. I just check whether they're playing well. Um, I don't think they're independent. I think it is. Oh well, well they're getting. Sorry. They've got. They've got a shout out nonetheless. Well, well done them. <laughs> based on their, based on their website address, which is a .co.uk. Let's let me just let's let's double confirm. Yeah. 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 Oh well, bad yeah. luck, bad luck, Kings Mac. <laughs> but doesn't mean they're not having a good season. Doesn't mean. Well, that's true. That's true. But I, well, you know, other other than that, then I I I'm really happy with that. I think those those first three are definitely a lock. I think NSB are also a lock. Um, yeah, because it to me it really isn't about are you particularly in this particular um, kind of list of five. 
it's not it's not are you winning or or are you losing it's are you competing and are you comp- what level are you competing at um and if you're mixing it with some of the best in the country um yeah particularly when you consider you know the the resource advantage that they they're playing against um i think they're just just phenomenal what they're doing um for me i think i might probably lean old swinford hospital um yeah, some of those others you've mentioned have, have been ticking along pretty nicely. I thought Skinners were on for yeah, Skinners were incredible last mm. year and I thought they were on for another really, really top year. As you said, wavered a little recently, but I mean it's probably a it's probably a demonstration of how how well they've been playing over the course of the last couple of years that when I say they wavered, I mean they you know, they lost to Tunbridge. Um, yeah, like they as hard as hardly uh, as hardly much of yeah. a slip up, is it? But no. um, it's a it, it's, yeah. I'd, I'd hope that they kind of keep kicking on in the second half of term because I think when when we kind of come to having this kind of a chat in December, I think they could be uh, they could be right up there in the mix. But I think at this point in time, I probably lean towards Old Swinford Hospital. I think it's really, as you say, it's good to see them mixing it again. Um, yeah, this is a side that right right at the start of the the last decade we're getting to schools cup finals mm. um yeah and then yeah lad we're probably going to come on to talk about ollie lawrence was there moved on to bromsgrove but you know they they've actually they've had seasons where that might not have happened um yeah he might well have stayed because the just the strength of the team was was good enough to be competitive enough um and you know this year yeah, if we look at what Bromsgrove are doing, we look at what Alton for Hospital are doing. He might have stayed this year. They're competing yeah. at a pretty similar level this year, um, yeah. and, you know. And for a for a state school in the area to be competing at that level is is massive because the the competition is huge around there. There are some serious serious teams. You know, you look at the sides that we've mentioned that they've beaten. Yeah, Solly Hull, Monmouth. That's yeah, Monmouth are a historically great side and are a really good side this year they're playing re- really well um Solly Hull you know had some you know enormous results this year mm. um so yeah for me I think I'd round it off with with um NSB and Old Swinford Hospital I think they're the they're the two to add to Fimbra Sir Thomas Riches and the Judd yeah so, uh, that looks pretty good to me. yeah I think that's all right and then yeah. right I'll I'll so the the big calls now are over to you, mate. So you go. What's your 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 top five? And then so I found this really difficult, mainly because I've got about ten that kind of <laughs> uh, that kind of slot in. And actually, you know, lots of these teams are beating each other, and and yeah, you know, kind of just shows how competitive the top end is. Um, you know, probably the this isn't in order. It's just teams that are. Mm teams that are coming to we may order them we may not but um a team that i think has to be in is millfield i think what they did in the last seven days of um of that first half of term was very special um going to wellington winning away in kind of the manner they did under a huge amount of pressure from wellington who just kept coming back and coming back and coming back and just finding a way to stick it out was was impressive and we know you know you've been there you know the physical toll that games like that take to then six days later go to St Joseph's Festival you know the most physically demanding two days that a schoolboy will have and to come out on top of that as well um that to me is 
it was really very special and um you know it was a it was a slowish start to the season but you know by slowish i mean they they lost to clifton college and and um colleague Sergar. like you know it's not exactly it's not exactly um it's not exactly too too much to get worried about is it but yeah so for me millfield millfield are in I agree. um alongside them um sedba who have probably not faced the, the second half of term is their more challenging half of term um but all you can all you can ask of a team is to perform at their best as often as they can and they've performed at their best every single time they've been asked um yeah the the probably the two signature results topped and tailed the season open the season against Whitgift very impressive victory and uh, and tail the first half of term by heading over to Dublin to take on Blackrock Blackrock College and getting that incredibly tight win over them uh, you know what more can you ask of a side um i think you know it, it i was looking at their fixture list and i think they they could be on course for a very very special season um all they you know they've probably got two maybe three staging post games and if they get through those you're so we're suddenly talking about this being an absolutely vintage said beside um yeah yeah that that kind of that that millfield said but showdown that's going to happen in thailand now isn't it is yeah. is going to be uh it's going to be pretty special has the potential to be a, a pretty cool schoolboy rugby occasion um there'll be other schools you know Whitgift against Millfield, you know, Wellington against Sedra, you know, those others that will, will want to have a day and say, hang on, you're not going to have it all your own way here and they won't have it all their own way at no, all. Definitely um, but it, 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 it could build to a crescendo of kind of, but that, which which would be a, a cool thing for schoolboy rugby in a way to have a, that sort of a showcase. But but no, I think you're right. That that BlackRock result was, you know, from an English schoolboy rugby thing, and that's probably the result of the half term. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. And, Particularly yeah, given and, the reputation that in the last four or five years Irish schools rugby has, has built, you know, the Leinster have not been shy about talking about how the their schools and academy system has been a, a huge reason why they've been so successful. They've pretty much shouted it from the rooftops. Yeah. So the now fair enough. When you travel over as a school, seventy five percent of that is just mystique, really. But mystique plays an awful lot on the minds of a schoolboy rugby player. Um, yeah. th- there's a reason why when you turn up for a slightly smaller school and you're facing a Sebra or a Wellington or someone, there's a little bit of what's going to happen here. Even if actually you're probably just as good, <laughs> there is just that that thing, and and to conquer that um, away in Dublin was was incredible. Um, I think the, they're definitely in. Yeah, so that's two. That's two. That's of two. Three to go. The the next one for me that I think is a lock is Trinity. Um, okay. I think they yeah. they had a phenomenal season last year, um, and the question was always, can you can you back that up? Um, they've you know they've had they've had good seasons in the past, and then not followed through the the following year. This year they've really followed through, um, unbeaten, right up until the St Joseph's Festival, on debut then getting to the final in the in the St Joseph's Festival. Um, it's not so much about individuals, but still a Trinity a Trinity player, Josh Bellamy getting the player of the tournament. Just all these little things that just say this is a school that is that is here. And is performing at an unbelievably 
high level and and every time the question has been asked they've they've pretty much answered it um you know if the if if the if the the worst thing that's happened so far this season is that you've got to the St Joseph's festival final um you're doing all right <laughs> i would say yeah yeah no i think you know you could i had them in mind as well maybe edging out come to who they had in mind once you pick I think we're gonna we might land with the same five um uh, another really strong side but and the, uh, who I'd like them to is probably Burko that we've like yeah. okay you, you, your schedule isn't maybe quite as strong as you may field said but kind of other schools that we may come to in it in a minute but a bit like you said before you can only do what, what you can within that and I think Trinity have just they've really stepped forward in those big moments that I think that wit gift cup win followed by St. Joe's is probably for me what, what puts them into that top and that five. Was, and that was a um, what, three or four day turnaround as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that again, that kind of last was sealed it. And again, whereas, you know, Burko would have been in this mix probably were it not for the, for their cup result. And it's, you know, that they, they certainly on, would be an honorable mention for me that they're yeah. a great and they'll, they'll want to prove <laughs> that they should be in that mix in the second half of the term. But yeah, I think I think that's right, Trinity. So I agree with that. And then, right, who who were your last two? So, well, I'll give a couple of shout outs just before. Yeah. So Stowe and Hampton, I think both deserve massive shout outs. Yeah. Um, Bedford Modern for me deserve a massive shout out as well. Um, performing on a level way beyond um, teams of the recent past. I also think Denston College have been have been pretty impressive. Um, Ipswich as well, Oakham. Um, and Hampton actually deserve a huge shout out. I still think they're one of the most underrated teams around. But for me, the final two was sort of choice of three. Um, it was Clifton College, Harrow, Kirkham Grammar School. And I leaned towards, despite the fact, well, so Harrow, I think, probably get in for me. Mm-hmm. And I actually leaned towards Clifton College, despite the fact that they got beaten by Kirkham Grammar, which... It's possibly controversial, but I, I've, I've been more impressed by Clifton. I mean, it's all it's all small margins because I've been very impressed by Kirkham as well. Um, but C- Clifton have I don't know Clifton have impressed me with the the way they go about things. Uh, I don't want to just completely dismiss Harrow by not mention Harrow have been unbelievable and have done mm. absolutely everything asked of them. Yeah, you know, Wellington College on the opening opening day of the season. Um, fantastic performance there uh, beating Berkhamstead in the cup as well to sort of finish off the half turn they've got an absolutely massive game against Hampton to kick off the second half of term yeah they're Harrow doing some some unbelievably some unbelievably good work so for me they're in and then it's Clifton or Clifton or Kirkham yeah I, I mean I, I actually landed in the so my list was exactly the same yours um and my my kind of thought i was it also i actually hadn't i'd slightly forgotten about today so apologies but it was hampton and kirkham were my bar the sort because of, i had our kind of uh, the, some of the top forming state schools in my honorable mention other we've already mentioned um so i was like well why why those two over over why why the kids and hampton miss out really tough but like, i think harrow just again maybe just the way they top topped and tailed the half mm. term you know, to a kind yeah. of big, big, big result at the right time, kind of headline result, that kind of, um, I, you know, Hampton may be really unlucky to me. I think arguably Hampton, the most unlucky team to miss yeah. out here and they'll, 
you know, that, that Hamden Harrow game will be massive. Again, I went the same way with you with Clifton over Kirkham. Um, look, that, that, the Kirk, for me, the, Clif- the Clifton Kirkham result was a, was a touring cost of, of a, of a yeah, game. If, if it had and, lasted five minutes longer, it might have gone on the other, it might have gone the other way. If it had and, lasted 10 minutes longer, it would probably spun back the other way as well. Yeah. And I think the way I looked at, you know, Clifton have played seven games and looked as I looked really impressive and all that. Kirkham actually only played four times at yeah. the St. Joe's Festival. Didn't have a great St. Joe's Festival. Um, now, whether a few boys weren't available, we don't know. And in terms of, but I think look, it's a really, really strong Kirkham side. I would actually have put them if we're going to do it like I put Hampton as one of the probably sixth, and then Kirkham just after that. When and they're fantastic teams. Um, but I, I I agree with you that that Harrow and Clifton at, at this point have just enough to stay ahead now. Whether we feel the same uh, when we come to do kind of this time next week, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know when and, and again because that Hampton side, I think, is when I think I keep we keep, I keep mentioning saying we don't talk about them enough, um, and it's they are just you know Andy has got a really good group there, um, and he's a really good coach. He's working, and they're always you know really skillful sides that work really hard. Um, always good sort of sense of team at Hampton yeah. I think and you know when when they get it right in years like again and Andy since you know taking over from you know taking it over now is is clearly making a big impact uh, straight away so well I think the point yeah. that's always worth making about Hampton as well is Hampton is kind of fundamentally a football school and um, they huge, huge football program. They don't have a huge amount of access to their players, particularly after half term because of football. Um, it's a real sort of struggle for to convince people to to choose one over the other. Uh, and yet, from Zoran ten years ago to Sean a couple of years ago to Andy now, time and time again, they find they find a way of putting out incredible teams um, who perform at, at an unbelievably high level. So they are very unlucky. But that sounds like we've got a lock-in. Clifton, Harrow, Millfield, Sedbury and Trinity are our top five for the first half of term and our top five state schools, the Judd, Sir Thomas Riches, Finborough, Northampton School for Boys and Old Swinford Hostel. I'll tell you what, that's a good group of ten. Yeah. There'll be plenty that disagree and do let us know your your top fives on those respective respective uh, options. But you know, we're we're arguing about very good teams. Um, you know, you you can't argue that they're all very very top sides. Um, we're going to finish off with our outside centre choice for our greatest school schools fifteen. You can see the whole fifteen on our Instagram page, but um, I'll run you through what the back line is so far. So at scrum half, we've got Alex Mitchell from Lim High School. Fly half, we've got Marcus Smith from Brighton College. Inside centre, Cameron Redpath from Sedbert. And today, we're on to the outside centre, um, and we've kind of teased over the course of the last two weeks who it's probably going to be um, but there are a lot of players to shout out and actually a guy I want to shout out from last week's 12 conversation that we never had was Dom Fraser at Dulwich College um, who who was exceptional um, for them at inside centre um, but in terms of the outside centre I guess before we get into who it is 
well, I'm, I'm assuming that we've both agreed on who it is, but we've not we've not actually we've not actually had the discussion. A player I really want to talk about though, who you have a great insight into, but who probably just falls outside of the window for um, for what we're looking at is Elliot Daly, um, yeah. a phenomenal player for Whitgift, can pretty much play, particularly as a schoolboy, from ten out. Um, but you know, thirteen is with certainly as a youngster was his position that's where he, that's where he played most again his his first team rugby when it eventually well he started on the wing as a lot of outside backs or when they play as a fifth former um but moved then in the in the back-to-back cup winning sides um yeah. played 13 uh and it's yeah i think i talked in our first one probably the most impressive player I've been fortunate enough to work with. He was he was so standout. I think um and he said outside the window and it's you know interesting had we done this from say twenty ten, you know, you'd be looking at probably three of the best schoolboys in the couple of years prior to our window yeah. would have been Elliot, Jonathan Joseph and Charlie Walker. That 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 Oakham Whitgift Cup final was essentially Elliot versus Charlie. Yeah. Um and thirteens dominating and it seem to be less you'd seen again there's been a bit of a, a shift to me it feels that you know for a while like 13 was a lot of teams best player um yeah. and again not that we're saying there's some fantastic players here but there seems to be there's there's just a little bit less of that like we've had yeah it's know, less of a concentration of of talent at 13 whether that be that schools have decided that it's worth getting the hands on the ball earlier of, of players of, of that level. Yeah. You know, I look at a guy like um, Will Joseph at Millfield, um, you know, going phenomenally at the moment, um, phenomenal schoolboy player, but actually in his upper sixth year at Millfield, he played a 10 because um, yeah. he just needed to get his hands on the ball. Um, so you do see, I think you do see a bit more of that now than perhaps you did with just, let's get, let's get this guy yeah. the ball. And it's, and it's inter- again that that going about well, it's interesting, you know. Do you? It's a coaching decision. They like actually get it, get them on the ball because obviously that team had Dan John in it as well, and because you know, you've switched them around, Dan, and then got Will into a, a wider channel. It's yeah, it's a it's a, it's a t- yeah. I mean that is what happened with Will. I know you know, Will would be an honourable mention. I think with, within this, um, yeah. You, you look at guys. Some of the guys we we mentioned in the twelve conversation, like Fraser Dingwall, could have easily, you know. Well, Dingwall could have got in at ten, twelve, or thirteen. To yeah, you know, as, you know, as, yeah. As could you know, as could Cam, like, as could Redpath. He's got in. Um, like De Glanville was a really. You, know, you could play him in a thirteen shirt. You know, probably the the standout sort of professional. English professional of who would be, would be Joe Marchant, yeah. but it's you know at Peter Simmons College, you know, for we've kind of looked at if you were at you know not then one of those sort of high prestige, really high profile schools, have you kind of dragged the team with you to go kind of, and and that just didn't quite happen, I think, for that for, for that Peter Simmons team. Not saying that that Marchant wasn't fantastic there. I'll tell um, you who that makes me think of, though, in terms of a guy who dragged a team in a 13 shirt. He's a winger nowadays, but Caden Murley, when he was at Bishop Wordsworth, took them to a schools cup yeah. final um, wearing 13. He was a, I mean, he was phenomenal. He's now in the England squad. Um, but he was, he was an exceptional 13. I guess with him, similar to Ollie Thorley at Cheltenham College, there was always a bit of a sense that realistically you're not going to end up as a 13. Um, 
but he was he was a phenomenon as was Ollie Thorley I remember Ollie Thorley making his debut for Gloucester as a schoolboy yeah. in the centres alongside Mike Tyndall <laughs> which is just kind of crazy to think about because that must mean it was quite a long time ago because I think of Mike Tyndall as being a long time retired <laughs> yeah uh, no, I, think, I think yeah Caden Murdy what he would that that Bishop's team was I think you know we're going to land on the same point but he would actually I hadn't thought about about Caden Murdy there I, th- I don't think I realised that he played at 13 played 13 as well. I just thought he was a winger because he played international age group rugby yeah he played, he played on the wing well, when he was playing but, at a high yeah, level so basically I don't know if I saw him for Bishop Woods so I didn't, wasn't aware so but yeah he definitely would be a recent player who, who'd push um in in terms of that, as would Ollie be, but it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they're you know they they've gone on to be wingers. Maybe the the schoolboy thirteen has changed a bit. I'll tell you what, another another player that I think is likely to end up in that same category of of being a schoolboy centre who's probably going to end up as a winger. Cranley's mm-hmm. Cranley's Oscar Beard um, mm. played a lot of rugby at, at outside centre. I mean. England under 18 were spoiled a couple of years back. They had Lewis Hillman, Cooper, Will Joseph, and Oscar Beard all as 13 options. Um, I think Oscar's, you know, by the look of the experience that Quinns have given him, he's probably going to end up as a winger. But as a schoolboy for Cranley, unbelievable in the centres. Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, another player of similar age there who I suspect we'll talk about in the back three would be would be Louis Liner, who you yeah. know could, could easily play 13 yeah, in, yeah. and probably still has the... Um, I remember the first time I the first time I looked at him, I thought hey, he's obviously going to be a pro twelve. I think it was that I thought I just yeah. he's a hard running centre, and then um, shows what I know. But it's kind of gone on to sort of I think you know sort of nailed his colours to the mast of, of of fifteen when he was younger, and obviously now moved out to the to the wing because back three plays so interchangeable. There's a yeah you know, a couple of guys this year that I've really liked what I've seen from Isaac Campbell Wu. Yeah. Um, at, at, at Clifton, be interesting. You know, now he's in the England squad. How, how he pushes on, um, and again, I think you know. Um, so that that's that's in. It's really good to see some good sort of centre play, um, but back in the game. I think yeah. Again, I think Wellington centres have had a have had a good half term. Both Harrison yeah. Hall and Lloyd, and Lloyd McGee and oh, Peters have they've been. Developed, they've developed such a great partnership. It's yes. amazing to watch it. So maybe you know, making a bit of a comeback. Um, I tell you what, I a couple think... of couple of Wellington old boys, just to just to interrupt you though, that I think deserve a bit of a mention: Sam Spink and Connor Dolan. Um, Sorry, that was yeah. To some, they've had yeah. some good thirteen, good runs at thirteen. And that so, again, probably I should have written like so. Sam would would be uh, probably alongside Kane the next bit, and a genuine thirteen. Sam Spink, yeah. um, you know, hopefully. You know, has been caught up in the demise of Wasp, and hopefully, we'll find just as he was. You know, it was struggle with injury again. Made made pro debut whilst whilst still at school, um, and has acted. But had a really, you know, they they the club supported him or did support him, and he's and you know, and now he seems to be in a good place physically, and then the club's imploded. So hopefully, he'll get um, he'll get a new club soon and and get a chance to sign. He may already have one. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, well, I yeah. certainly hope he does. I mean, it's. it's sort of unfortunate side to talk about but my hope would be for someone like him is that at this stage of his career he's he's probably cheap enough in effect to um to to be one of the lucky ones i hope um, yeah and and to find a space in a squad somewhere yeah i think there's a 
<laughs> I think lots of senior pros have been being offered academy contract, haven't they? So yeah, I think so. Lots of controversy. So, but yeah, no, Sam would be, and again, to push really hard, but I think kind of to come to the first, I think we both agree gets yeah. it, it would be Ollie Lawrence at, from, from Bromsgrove. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, he, he could, could play 12. He played 13 um, a lot as a, as a schoolboy. And I think, you know, <laughs> the team we picked then, um, you know, outside uh, a sort of another distributor, that sort of classic, more of a second five eight. Yeah. Um, Ollie outside Cameron Redpath would be incredibly good. He was essentially again. We talked about Lennox being unplayable. Ollie was the same, but yeah. probably achieved like, that Bromsgrove team. You know, moved over to Bromsgrove in a strong team that had you know a lot of Worcester boys in it. But you know, they they got. Really, Laurie, Ollie was the was the crown. The the, the yeah. You know, of, oh, he, of, he was he was the, the absolute key cog in that machine. He yeah, and and again, close to being unplayable, just looked like an adult playing boys yeah. rugby. And to be fair, Sam Spink was was a was a bit like that when in, in his upper six year at Wellington. And actually, what was not in a sort of vintage Wellington first 15 that that year obviously lots of good players in it but um you know he had to fight and sort of drag people wouldn't associate kind of normally an individual dragging a Wellington team with them but you know and, and you know having come in again you know got leadership roles having come you know we talked about that with with yeah. Red, you know, to come into a school like that at 16 and, and end up leading it is is pretty impressive but I think just because Ollie Lawrence was so standout, I think we we I think we're yeah. in agreement that yeah, he I, I think Ollie, Ollie Ollie was a, a schoolboy phenomenon. Um yeah, and it's I quite like the fact that now our centre partnership are both flourishing as a partnership for Bath as well, which is uh, which is quite cool. Yeah. We, I, I want people to know that we came up with that before Bath did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and again his first game again is to get to a coat like again it shows how, how well young players can go when you don't constrain them with yeah. again there's no way Ollie would have known all of the playbook all of the structures right. in that he just went out and played and they're he's like just, he's just listening to his old England under 20s mate inside him and going yeah. yeah you tell me where to run and I'll catch it you know yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm not saying you don't need systems and structures but it was so refreshing here in a bar side that struggled and actually they're starting to turn things around and that that in that first week he was such a breath of fresh air and in the set you know Rugby kind of needs a strong bar. We need all clubs to be strong at, at, at the moment. So, no, it is, it is interesting. And, yeah, we had sort of earmarked that before before they ended up at the same club. But, no, I think, well, it was the other, there was only one that I was going to mention. I thought you'll have to remind me the name, that the Italian lad who was at Sedba last year. Nicola Bozzo. Yeah, Nicola Bozzo. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a real, and I don't know where he is now, but I thought he was, again, one of the best 13s. I'd, yeah, I'd he was brilliant. For, while so um and i tell you what he also i mean not not schoolboy i suppose but in the under 18 six nations festival last year playing for italy and he stood out every time he put the shirt on um you know and that was a that was an italy side that you know against some of the big teams was you know finding life finding life tricky and he was still both sides of the ball standing up really well he yeah you're right he's impressive um another guy actually that I was going to mention who basically lost his place at Worcester to Ollie Lawrence was Will Butler, who was at Hereford Cathedral oh, School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and 
really good age grade performer um, probably similar to some other guys we've spoken about didn't get that much kind of sort of schoolboy recognition uh, in terms of his actual school play because he just it wasn't he wasn't competing at high enough level I guess um, yeah. but ultimately I just don't think you can I don't think anyone can argue with Ollie Lawrence at 13 and no. I'll tell you what 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 price our back line so far appearing on a British and Irish Lions tour at some point Mitchell, yeah. Mitchell Smith Redpath Lawrence you wouldn't mind that too much would you yeah and I think these decisions are, again I've talked to a couple of people about back three and that is loaded you know that has been yeah. particularly because we see a lot of sevens in school breaks so those guys get the chance to shine ball in hand yeah. arguably a bit more than they might do in, in kind of senior game and it's you know we might see some of these names reappear you know in terms of what we but it's there's also so many we've not even touched to have been standout back three players um so it's there's some there's some tough decisions to come in 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 the next few weeks oh yeah the the back three is going to be almost impossible um <laughs> not least because it's so interchangeable as well um, yeah so it's going to be interesting but ollie lawrence is our lock the former old swinford hospital and bromsgrove schoolman at 13 um, Dan, we've somehow, despite having almost nothing to talk about this week, we've somehow managed to to drag on for <laughs> God knows how long. We're you know, pros at pros at dragging on. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Um, please do check us out on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and you can get in touch with us on all socials at NextGen15. That's at NextGenXV. Um, but until next week, Dan. Stay safe. Enjoy enjoy the weekend when it comes and uh, and relax. Yeah, you, you too, mate. Look forward to catching up next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. We're going to have plenty to get stuck into because we're going to be back on the schoolboy bandwagon with a bumper set of fixtures next weekend. I've already had a look ahead and uh, we're not starting slow, that's for sure. But until then, we will catch you all soon. Please do make sure to subscribe and tell everyone about us and we will catch you next week. <laughs>